You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's up. Episode. Sorry, I was like a hiccup, <laughs> burp, and talk all at the same time. Uh, it's episode 301. 301 episodes. That's crazy. Only 258 more episodes, and I'll be caught up to what, uh, what's his name? David West, when he signed my book, he said, like, congratulations on 500 or something, or something like that. So, oh. hey, we're more than halfway there. No, not quite 500. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing. It's five honestly. years, not 500 episodes. Well, no, he said 500 episodes, though. No, we told him it was our five-year anniversary. But he, like, oh, yeah. but remembered he it wrong. And he put, like, 500 episodes or something. Yeah, he was like probably that, drunk. So. I don't know. David James is a rock star. That guy. Uh, oh, David. It's David J. West. David J. West. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I called him David James. And you saying stuff way away from your microphone isn't. For all we like, know, James is his middle name. I don't it know. Probably is. To make, that would be a good middle name, David James West. That's pretty standard. That yeah. could be. He's also got the, like, lady pin name that he uses. Oh, yeah, for his romance smut novels. Romance. My ass. It's not romance. (laughs) It's smut novels. That's what they refer to as romance novels. What's funny is uh, Michael Brent Collins has a similar... He also has a smut novel name. Well, his are like like Western things, but they're like women Western things. I don't know. They're just Westernized smut novels. Who knows what they are? In both situations, their wives wanted them to write something like a nuts. Well, no, Dave, no, Brent, Michael Brent Collings wrote fantasy for his wife. Oh, yeah, that's what, some that's fantasy what. books that I I don't know. I don't read enough. So. His uh, his zombie one was pretty good. His Bree loves his books, so he's a good author. These I are like, I like the one where uh, the parents kill the kids. What the fuck are you doing anyway? I didn't. I didn't read that one. The plug for my electric blanket is always right where I cross my legs, and it hurts my ankle. So I'm turning my blanket <laughs> around so it's at the top instead. But we're, we're doing a show here. Like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm participating. And guess who can't see me? Everyone listening. So the only reason they know that I'm doing something is because you said it. Because it's distracting. You keep bending over in front of me. <laughs> I don't know what you want me to do about that. Uh, anyway, episode 301, uh, spring is coming. Uh, spring is not quite yet sprung. It is the 1st of March uh, or the 2nd. I don't know what day it is. Um, it's. Uh, I guess when you guys hear this, it'll be the 2nd. Or it could be the middle of fucking July. I don't know when you listen to these episodes. Um, but it is the beginning of March uh, of 2022. And uh, spring is officially on the 20th. 20th, yeah. So the spring equinox will come. Um, you know, the sun tunnel, we've had a, a, at least one guest talk about the sun tunnels, uh, the, uh, the, yeah, as their, uh, and so it might be, uh, it might be good, uh, to go check out the equinox and the sun tunnels. That's what they were built for. They're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, basically you drive two and a half hours out of Utah, you backtrack into Utah and then there, the sun tunnels are there and make sure you take plenty of gas and liquids and food because there's nothing. There's literally nothing up there. It's like the northwestern corner of the state on the other side of the Great Salt Lake. I know. We studied it when I was in college. I mean, that thing has been around for a long time. Yeah. It's basically just, you know, underground drainage pipes that are aligned properly for... for it's our version of Stonehenge. 
Yes. <laughs> Maybe you can time travel through it. I don't it's know. It's the Utah Stonehenge. I'm going to write that Utah down. That Stonehenge. might be a good. That might be a good title for this episode. Utah Stonehenge. So, Bray, I've got a question for you. Uh oh. What's the only kind of water that cannot freeze? Oh my god. I have no idea. Hot water. And there you go. It's not true. <laughs> so it says. Well, it wouldn't be hot anymore once it started to freeze. But it's not true. You can flash freeze hot water. Uh, you can't You I'm, can't argue with I'm the gonna, dad joke. I'm going to Google it. Because you can freeze hot water. It's just not hot anymore once yeah, it's frozen. Yeah, so then it's not hot. But it's hot water when it starts. Can you flash freeze hot water? I don't know Chris if you sent can, me a dad joke. What was it on TikTok? I don't remember what don't it was know. now. There it was were, so bad. I don't know. I usually I send you like corny pickup lines. Yes, um, you do. Oh, you can, in fact, flash freeze boiling water. Have you seen the videos? My internet search revealed a memory. If it's cold enough outside and you take a oh, pan yeah. of boiling water and throw it in the air, that. it instantly freezes. I've so seen. your cards are alive. So your dad joke's full of shit. Read another one. Who bought this for me? <laughs> Read another this one. This is a piece Garbage. of Garbage. Laffy Taffy, eat your heart out. Okay, Julia. What did one pickle say to the other when it was having a bad day? It's not a big deal. I don't know. Just deal with it. Ah, That's pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, That just proves that Julia is Jeremy's daughter, though. (laughs) I never even have an idea. He never tells jokes like that, though, (sighs) except for on the podcast right now. I just heard a lot of Laffy Taffy's He does it at all the barbecues. The the thing is... It's subtle. These guys have just... The thing is... is I think you just don't notice it anymore. Well, he doesn't... He doesn't... Well, he makes, like, inappropriate jokes all the time. Those are great, but they're not dad jokes. Chris does that. He doesn't, like read a joke out loud like that when Jeremy does it. And if you listen to the podcast for a while, you, you've picked up on it. Like every once in a while, he'll say some dumb like dad thing and it just the conversation stops dead in his tracks. <laughs> awesome. Because we're all like, did you really just say that? It's That's subtle. Not, it's not funny. And then Jeremy starts laughing. Like it's funny. <laughs> That's the whole key is it's subtle. It's not it's like. so subtle it makes the room <laughs> it just stop. like stops us in our tracks. Don't bring attention to it. You just subtle. <laughs> and then everyone stops and Jeremy just starts giggling. And then everybody laughs. Because he's like a little no, teenage I don't, boy. Because I don't. you're laughing. We're laughing <laughs> at you, not thing. with you. <laughs> I, I don't think you understand that not everyone's laughing. I think you hear no, everyone no. laughing in your head. We're laughing at him, not with him. <laughs> Oh man, I don't I don't know what to do. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot. Do you guys have any updates? Uh Actually, you can read get, get one of your cards out there. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh yeah, do let's do the tarot. I, I will say while she's pulling a tarot card out, uh we're I'm making these guys listen to nineties rap, um, in honor of the Super Bowl performance because I love nineties rap and I was so excited to see that. The people who made this deck, they have like a cards against humanity style game. I bet. I've got a few of those over there. We played, um, for New Year's Eve, we played, uh, was it Red Flag? Yeah, Red Flag's the dating Oh my gosh. That we were laughing so hard. Benita said her cheeks hurt and my stomach hurt because we were laughing. What was the Christmas one we did that had that, for the August sweater party, that had the add on? Was it a Christmas add on? It was, yeah. Something like that. Read the, oh, I'll do it. Okay. You are giving too many fucks. Give zero. There you go. <laughs> that is my card. You can take a picture of that one then, Julia. Post that yeah. one. Yeah. I need to like laminate that and hang it up in my office. Who who put this game away? You. Why, why, who put this inside the box? Like so that it doesn't sit down all the way. You. 
No, I didn't. Probably feed I it. don't know. I didn't put it away. Maybe uh, one of our guests. You know, the cats are in here playing it during the day when you guys run around. Yeah, definitely. So there's we played a couple games. All these card games are great. So, um, there's- so Red Flags, the premise is you're all sitting around in a circle and you have good good cards and bad cards. And you take two good traits and you, you're you like, okay, this person is the person you're at date or marry or whatever it is. Go and on you, a date with. And you, you give it to the person. And so everybody gives it to one person that's sitting there and they're not playing any cards. You're just giving it to them. And they read them all and they're like, oh, these people are all awesome. So, for example, I might say, I might give a card that says, uh, the person that I want to set you up on a date with can get you a table at any five-star restaurant, any time, any place, uh, and is an astronaut. And Bree's like, oh, that looks really and good. And I'm like, that's really cool. But then... But then someone else comes But then the around. next person, like, I think it's the person to your right or something, p- gets a card and everybody kind of does it. And they get to put a card on the person to their left's, you know, set to make this person not so appealing. And the traits are things like... Well, like, this is a, a kind one. And this uh, astronaut that can get you a table anywhere yells earmuffs whenever they hear a bad word. <laughs> or uh so sells homemade pubic hair wigs. Oh. So there's always a drawback. So you have days. so you have like for your hair or so a wig for your grandma. They're still really into MySpace. So you have like all of these people with these two really good traits and one really awful trait, and then you pick it and whoever's you pick. Well and then wins. and then you actually get to the rules of the game, you actually get to argue your case. So, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about the arguing there, of the case. At one point there was uh there was one played and someone played a uh bad card and Bree's like, Yeah, that's a that's a plus for me actually. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah I can't you just what it was. I'm like you just let her win my hand because that's a that's a plus. Maybe it's the pubic hair bikini. Oh, I think it was something like the, the person snores. Or the person farts all night or something. I don't know. It was I was like, not that. I don't know. It was so. There was one round we played though where <laughs> it was Benita was the person, and we gave all of these things, and they were all like pretty accurate for Sean. And then we tried to make them bad, and they were all apparently also accurate things for Sean. Does so the other game that we played, which is a, another fun game, is called Assumptions, uh, and basically the person whose turn it is. Shows a, a card of a picture of a person, right? And that it, it's just different. Like you can, I don't know, Jeremy, you can look at. But this. there's just different. But they're different people, they like. like nurses and skinny people it's and like fat people. And it's like serial some, killer some looking chick people wrapped up in a coat with her coffee. So just a people, waitress. So just various types of cartoonish they're people. Kinda, yeah, they're they're kind of funny. Like, and then everyone has to play uh, assumption cards for that that person, and then. The person who's going flips the card over so they can see it and reads the assumption cards and decides which one wins. And so some of the, uh, before they look at the picture, some of the assumptions are wears eyeglasses with no prescriptions, uh, <laughs> vajazzles. <laughs> <laughs> All about the destination, not the journey. Actually killed a guy. Actually killed Part a guy. Part of the 1%. Still has a pen pal. <laughs> Own season tickets to the opera. I mean, just stuff like that. I so. remember having a pen pal when I was in like grade school. Our our class, our teacher knew somebody from some other state, and so we pen paled the other class. That was a thing back before the internet and email. And yeah, so in second grade, when I moved from uh, Texas all the way up to Wyoming halfway through the year, 
we were learning like in our our I don't know if they call it English that early in grade school or writing or whatever, but we were learning letters and how to write letters. And the teacher it's called writing. The, shh, you don't know. It was in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they call it in second grade. It's just the part of your school where you write stuff. The part of the day because yeah. it's all one big thing. Yeah. But the teacher used that me leaving as an opportunity to to create a class assignment. And she made the entire class write me a letter, uh, and they sent all the letters to me in Wyoming. Did you respond? No. Fuck no. That's too many <laughs> letters. I was, I was in second grade, like, scared out of my fucking mind because I was in a town of 400 people in the basement of this guy my mom married's brother's house, and the school I went to was combined grades. And I've told the story about me in the Buffalo before, right? Yeah, on air. Yeah, the mangy buffalo. Yeah, where I thought that the fire burned off it the buffalo's off, yeah. butt, and everyone laughed at me. Yeah, that was that was where I was at in life at the time. I'm not going to respond to letters from second graders. Gotcha. <laughs> I just remember getting an envelope with letters from everyone. It was kind of cool back in the day. I remember back in the day, I wrote a letter to President Ronald Reagan, and he responded. Of course, it was just a form letter, but as a third or fourth grader, I didn't realize that, and I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So who's writing the, the the blog again? Did we decide? No. I guess I will. <laughs> I just gotta I gotta take enough notes well, if I'm gonna do it. No, because it's too late. It's already happening. Okay. <laughs> just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just close your eyes. Let, let it happen. happen. Just let it happen. If I close my eyes, I'm gonna fall asleep. Uh, so hopefully you guys liked uh, last week's uh, Utah adventure. We've got some more fun stuff planned. I promise as it gets warmer, we're going to uh, be venturing out. Uh, <laughs> out from the indoors. I, I have restrictions I have placed on these adventures uh, for temperatures. So. Bree's a, a wuss when it comes to cold. She wears parkas at 70 degrees. Dude, I have three different conditions that cause me to be cold. It's, it's fine. She's still a wuss when it comes to the cold. <laughs> it's not untrue, is it? I wouldn't call it a wuss if it's a condition. It's a con- it's a medical condition that requires you to work. Do you remember what the one pickle said to the other? <laughs> 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 See, that's the appropriate time for a dad joke. <laughs> Good times. I'm just over here shaking my head. <laughs> of course you are. He's your dad. It's the rules. With us this week is uh, Alexi Johnson. Um, oh my gosh, it's like two times in a row you got the name right. Well, <laughs> when guests have easy names, <laughs> it's a lot easier. I don't know. To... You called uh, who was it that we were interviewing? The... Case even... case I, I, no, I called Tanner. Tanner, oh, yeah, Tanner. Tanner Leonard. I called her something weird. Some like, rent, uh, like it wasn't like, even close like to like Tanner. Natasha or something. I, I don't know. even know. And we're just like, this is a person we know. If yeah. I may, my the, my new last name is Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we're going to so fix that. So you did that. mess it up. Did you just <laughs> recently get married? I got married in 2020, oh. like right before the pandemic. We just got married in October. Is Congratulations. It, is Fisher P-H or F-I or? Like the beer. F-I-S-H. Okay. Yeah. Like just it, just it, like it should be spelled. Is Thank it, you. Is yes. it, the, is it relation to Fisher Brewing? I wish. No. <laughs> but it's really funny because my shop is like right down the street from Fisher Brewing. And oh, it's, nice. if you look on the building, it says A Fisher. And I kind of get like a little, like a little You're, chuckle. That's me. Every single time I'm like, that's, I own that. Which Mine. means you've had a Ruby Snap cookie. We got to introduce her. what her shop is. So. Well, no, we, we, we're, okay. we're talking because holy crap, crumble. 
is never getting my business. Holy crap. Ruby I would snap. do dirty things for a Ruby snap cookie. No kidding, right? I just I sent would. some to my daughter. She she lives in Denver, so I had them shipped to her. And then we had two friends with birthdays in January. You're a good mom. And we like had them delivered to them for their birthdays. Oh my god. I mean, so they were they were one of the winners and uh one of the featured vendors for I think it was like uh Best of Utah for yeah, for for City a while, Weekly. yeah, for City Weekly. Yeah. What up? <laughs> and they, he was a winner. <laughs> way for to go, Riverton, best of Riverton. Yeah, but I mean, like, best of way to go. Yeah. Just own it. Yep, yep. <laughs> You're the best. But they were one of the vendors, and I asked if I could have like more than one cookie from this girl who probably was like twenty one, twenty two. And she's like, "Oh no, take as many as you want." And yep. I'm like, "Do I look?" Like, I could eat a whole, like, just tray of these? Yes. Because yes, I, do. Yes, I could. <laughs> Will I? You know what? You don't have to yeah. look it. They're Ruby Snap cookies. The, the thing Ruby is, cookies. you can go in, for people that don't know this, you can go into Ruby Snap, and we talked to her a couple times, and this is a real thing. You can go into their shop, and you can ask for a sample of anything. Of every And you can ask for cookie. a sample of anything as many times as you want, and Absolutely. you could sample every cookie in the shop, and you don't have to buy any. Have sick, you had their Rice Krispie treat? Uh, what? So they make a big Rice Krispie bar. And they put peanut butter, and then they cover it in chocolate, and then you just slice it like bread and like eat slices. It's. So I'm really glad that there's a filter on this because you could probably hear me breathing very heavily right now. <laughs> it's oh my God. so good. <sighs> my favorite is that one with the peanut butter cup in the middle. See, and I'm allergic to peanut butter. So. Oh yeah, neither of those would be a good option yeah, for you. Yeah. That wouldn't be good for you, but I think it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's called a PB. That is the dad who would steal our Reese's There's cups a, from our Halloween candy. Oh, their, <laughs> their cookie this this month for February, I think it's grapefruit. What? Yeah. I saw I saw like a thing come across my Insta that she was like squeezing out a grapefruit, so I'm thinking that's what it is. Oh. I told Chris we need to head down there some at some point. Can I make a PSA? If you take antidepressants, do not eat a grapefruit. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, the citrus, yeah. It's yeah, grapefruit. Also, it'll it'll mess up the concentration also, of your med, and you could overdose on accident. Also, somehow. if you are taking antibiotics, you need to stop taking when any kind of like the antacid. When did this become pharmacology? Because I just learned this, and it's important. People because can die. Antacid will uh, not make it will ruin the efficacy of your um, antibiotic. It's also actually the same with Adderall. You can't take uh, citrus within like one or two hours before or after you take it. Which is a lot of fun. I yep. mean... I can't take these dog farts. <laughs> right? She smells so bad. Those are also really bad for depression. Yeah, I heard. She, might have to, she might have to be put outside for the night. Oh, I smell it now. Oh, <laughs> it moved quickly. She's just laying here so sweetly. She's just like, oh, I don't care. I'm a dog. Smell it. I love how like like non-threatening dog farts are in the sense like you don't know they're coming. No. Huh. And then when they hit you, it's like all at once. It is. Oh, it's... It, and they're worse than people. It's friends. offensive. Yeah. It's it, offensive. It's bad. Don't give your dogs pepperoni. That is the worst fart producing thing ever. <laughs> I promise you. Also greenies. Yes. We don't, don't give why. our dog greenies. We throw them up and then they just like green stains on stuff. So. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. So anyway, the reason we have Alexi on is not to talk about dog farts and pharmacology. Uh, I mean, we could definitely talk about that if it's something you're into. But uh, uh, Alexi runs a business called Hammered Copper. I got that right, right? Yeah, you did. And it's uh, you're you're a mobile bar bartender, right? Yes. So, kind of explain that. So, 
I mean, we're in Utah, so that already kind of adds like a giant yeah. wrench into the yeah, mix. Yeah, I got some serious questions when it comes to that part. <laughs> so um, I started the Hammered Copper back in 2018. And I mean, mobile bartending has actually been pretty popular in Utah for quite some time because we have such a very large wedding industry. And... I actually started working for a mobile bartender as just like a one-off caterer when I started in the industry in general. And so the way that it works here in Utah is we are one of the few that actually caters to the entire state and we craft like classic either signature or even like craft cocktails. So it kind of just varies depending on what the person wants. And it's full it's full service um because it is technically a private event we can free pour so we don't work with bergs or a berg system or anything like that but that also being said now that i've i've owned this business for 4 years i've been a professional bartender for now 13 that it i see why the DABC is starting to crack down the way they are because it it gets out of hand and the thing is like you you you're in the state and you realize that people have no idea of like self-control that is like a foreign concept in the state <laughs> yeah it is it's interesting so like from just from a business perspective like i know everyone complains about like the limits and stuff and having to use the the clickers um but from a business standpoint they make a lot of sense because not all bartenders are created equal in their ability to actually measure a shot. 100%. Like, like oh, no, dear, that's three shots. Like, <laughs> you're losing me money now because you're not only getting these people wasted, but you're also burning through alcohol. Yeah. And so I think in that respect, like, I, the clickers I've never had a problem with. My bigger problem is, like, the limits in terms of how much you can put into a drink. Cause yeah. Because it, it forces, like... Even restaurants like chain restaurants, which aren't my favorite, but you know, they have to create separate drink menus specifically for Utah because they can't do the same drinks here that they're able to do everywhere else. So when you have a place like Famous Dave's or uh, Chili's or Dave and Buster's, like the drinks that they're able to create in Utah are very different. Yeah. And well, the interesting thing about chain restaurants and those kind of menus is the fact that, I mean, if you look along the Bible belts and if you look like what I consider also just like Utah adjacent, which is just Idaho and Wyoming and Colorado, like our fun, our fun sister, you know, it, the menu is practically the same because the serving sizes are, are also the same. It's just how it is served. It's just more, more Kool-Aid in one versus the other. Absolutely. And I mean, granted, I partially, I get why they limit the serving sizes the way they do the, the rough part is that, again, there's no education behind it. Yeah. Unless no, because yeah. a serving size for me and for him are going to affect us completely oh, differently. Oh, absolutely. And it's going to affect us differently if I've eaten and he hasn't or he's eaten yes. and I haven't. I just want to be able to order a double. <laughs> I mean, so, honestly, in, in the whole grand scheme of things, because I don't give a shit about Long Island iced teas. Oh, they're God. disgusting in Utah. <laughs> I don't want to die. When they're, made, look, when they're made properly, they're a good drink, oh, but they're yeah. not a drink that you drink like one an hour. You're drinking like it's a sipping drink. Like yeah. it's a it's an evening in the South cocktail type of drink. Because it's all alcohol. You drink it, it and is. then you have some, some sweet tea or something. And here in, in yeah. Utah, it's all sweet and sour mix. Like well, it's... so it kind of is. <laughs> the one the one story I can share about um, 
the one time that I made a Long Island iced tea in Park City. So the fun thing about the DABC is they used to have these stickers that you just put on the bottle that says non-alcoholic. That could say flavoring. Yeah. yeah. And that's like, that's, I guess, what makes it non-alcoholic. But the thing is, if you're working like with Barton's, that's liquor. That is that is liquor that you have to buy from the liquor store. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it has flavoring on it. It's still liquor. But because it has that tag on there, we were able to make legit. Uh, like serious Long Island. Like serious ones. <laughs> and granted, people would come in and they would just get hammered. And we'd get like checked on by the DABC. But they're like, oh, well, it looks like everything's OK. And it's like, no. That's But that's why. And, no. they're, and they're not used to those kind of drinks because no. they're used to drinking, you know, a Long Island in Utah is half sweet and sour mix. Yeah. And and a lot of Coke. And oh, God. <laughs> okay. Before we get too far down the road, I want you to ask the month question. The what? The month question, because I need to know. Oh, yeah. Well, you <laughs> could ask the question. No, you guys have to do it. It's your shtick, and what I can't do What month were you born? <laughs> oh, January. I'm a hardcore Capricorn. So, April. So, here in a couple months, like a- ask your parents what was going on. Easter. With- the year before you were born. You're an Easter baby? Clearly, you're, clearly your parents were way into Easter. It was a oh, spring thing. I mean, dad's dead, so he wouldn't care, but mom, oh, she'd be mortified. I was a, I was, I was a weird fucking child. I'm gonna own that right off the bat. I'm a weird fucking adult, so I own it. And I asked my mom, I think pretty like early, I was like six or seven, I was like, mom, how was I made? Not how babies are made. How oh. was I made? This woman, wow. very stone cold sober, just flat out told me, she's like, yeah, we conceived you behind a waterfall. And I'm like, wow. I okay. had so many questions. Well, I'm you're like, fancy. To, I mean, now as an adult, a married adult who has, has sex with a person on like on the reg, that sounds incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like people who have sex on the beach. Like, exactly. I do not want sand up in my business. I don't like sand anywhere, let no. alone there. Like, yeah. it's the glitter of the world. It's herpes, it's, craft herpes. Mm, that's yeah. what glitter. Is. No, sand is not herpes. That's a different disease. I just <laughs> said that's what glitter is. I just want to point out so, for our listeners, herpes is not sand. We all went to Hawaii in October. If you're going to tell us about how you and Heather had sex on the beach. No, no sex. For our <laughs> wedding. No. So we yeah. got married in Kauai and 30 of our closest friends came. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I am still finding sand in things. That's my point. Oh, you it gotta will haunt sh- you. Dude, you got to shower. It will generationally means his luggage. You. Not my things. <laughs> not my things. But like, like yeah, I pull out my carry on for something and there's still like sand. What, what, why were you packing things that weren't clean? What? It's in the crevices of the suitcase. I literally have no sand in anything. I am packing my, well, my suitcase right he now. does, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. That's that's wild. It's going to generally, generationally. I think it's from my yeah. sandals I put in a garbage bag and then put in, but they weren't completely clean. I don't, and, I don't, anyway. I don't know how you feel about your parents overall, but in my mind, a parent that tells their like seven-year-old child how they were conceived, that's a good thing. I mean, I feel like I, I grew up with a very... A very like modern day hippie mom. I mean, single parent, white mom coming to Utah. I am a black woman. Obviously, you can't tell from my voice because 
you know, it's a podcast. This is a podcast. Yeah. Well, because you said you grew up in Utah, right? So everybody just assumed yeah. you were white. You know, look, let that's, me tell- that's fair. There's only ten of us here, so let, let me tell you: fair. if you grew up in Utah, it doesn't matter what color your skin are. Is you, you're still gonna say mountain? You're still gonna say Layton? Oh, I, I I do say Layton. Yeah, exactly. I, I hardcore pronounce the T on mountain. Yeah, I do. That's a conscious decision, I, though, right? It is. I like I, I say practice it every day. I'll purposely say the, but, the T in the But if tea. you're Look, if you're a if you're a white kid that grew up in the South, you'll say Warsh for twelve years after you leave. Oh, absolutely. He says he says lawyer. Yeah, I I still have some of my Southern accent from when I was like. I in just say drawer. No. Yeah. <laughs> naked tricker. He says naked. Trigger. Also he says it, naked. Also, all you motherfuckers, it's pecan. It is not pecan. It's it pecan. is who the fuck says pecan? It idiots. is pecan. Idiots. All of the idiots. <laughs> it is pecan. Even down south, so it's, it's actually based on like a, like another somebody. language's word. And if you say if like that language, it's like pecan something, or yeah. and so it's clearly pecan. Like there's actual reasoning behind that. That's right. I've heard the difference it just is, sounds better. I've heard the difference is what you pay for it. You pay good money for a pecan. You pay cheap. No. Pecan. That's not true because I used to pick up pecans out of the yard at my grandparents' house. Those, Those, Those are free. No, they were pecans. <laughs> Did you know you're not supposed pecans. to say the L in almond? Yeah, it's supposed to be almond. Yeah, that doesn't. No. I don't like it. I, don't like that. I hate silent I hear, letters. I hate hearing that through the mic. <laughs> the stupidest thing. Silent <laughs> letters are dumb. Absolutely. So, also, just in general, the English language is stupid. Well, it's just a mishmash. You just beat horrific. the crap out of all of the other languages in some back alley, and the juices that came out was oh, English. Yeah. I wow. so <laughs> I work I work with liquors professionally. That is what I get paid to do. And I get to teach people about this stuff. And my I is I am the worst about this and I blame my mom. So mom, if you're listening, I blame you. I I hate it when people mispronounce intentionally uh foreign liquors. It it bugs me so much because these a lot of these countries who, you know, come up with these liquor names really took time to name what they named it. And so like <laughs> um Glenn Fittich is one of my the hard ones that I really <laughs> <laughs> It's Glenn Fittich. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I will fight you over. They don't it. say words right. It's fine. Yeah. What about uh Lefroig? That is correct. Well, I know that's correct, but yeah. that's not how people say no. it. No. Because they don't know what Lafrage? the hell. And and this is the best part. <laughs> Anyone that's not had it gets it and they're like, "Oh yeah. my god, I don't like this." Yeah. Because it's like the peatiest fucking scotch you can oh, get over here. And like, give me, give me I that peat. Oh, give so me. Mm, I don't cannot have drink. Some up there? Yeah, I've got some up yeah. there. And my, my, I have like probably three square feet of land in Ireland now. <laughs> but, and I, that's one of my favorite scotches, but Lord. I can't, I can't do scotch neat. I have like from the peaty stuff, I have, yeah. I have to have a little bit of water or ice on it. See, and I, so I, when I, one, one of the ways I actually started kind of getting my opportunity to actually have education in this industry was I worked as a I worked as a, the Western Coast rep for Diageo's Johnny Walker. Oh, and, yeah, right. Oh, I'm so cool. And I got it interesting. I don't think Johnny Walker. For by the record, mere fact, oh, Johnny Walker of, shit. Just by the yeah, mere I don't fact, like Johnny Walker. That you are a bartender, like you're shitting. You, like you're, you're. You don't. You, there's no Johnny Walker in my house. I'm not a fan. Don't ever own it. There's Though I will say the blue and the island green, I will say are legit fantastic. They're they're some of the ones that I really say fantastic don't ever go after the commercial the 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 jane walker that they came out for oh, it's God. scotch for women again it's like the pink toolbox we don't fucking need it <laughs> the pink tax yep. i like pink again I, 
someone says pink tax to me, I'm going to slap them with a tampon. I buy my shoes from the little boys section at the store oh because God. a size eight in women is a six in boys. That's true. I save so much money and the shoes last so much longer All just my for my Nikes and stuff. Yeah, but it's a for, I, yeah, my shoes well, not don't for come heels in and stuff. Kids. That's the only shoes they wear. <laughs> this you is, only wear heels and sandals. I'm talking sneakers and boots. And this is way thing. off topic, but since you guys are talking about Nikes and, and the pink tax. So Adidas, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, put out a tweet because they have these this new sports bra coming out for women that Jesus. has like 47 different sizes. And the advertisement was because women come in all different shapes and sizes, we have 47 different sizes for our new sports bra line. Okay. And then the picture was 25 bare chests, just boobies chilling there of all Hell different yeah. shapes and sizes, which on the one hand is like free the boob. cool and empowering and free, free the boob. The titty. And on the other hand is like straight up pornography to people. <laughs> yeah. In Utah. Yeah. And on another hand is like, like objectifying women in the ad and the comments oh, yeah. and the feed on that are amazing. There's one incel on there that's commented that's named like Jedediah and he's like, this is wrong. He's probably like jacking it while he's typing that. Yeah, of comment. course he is. Of course I, he is. I just feel like for an ad like that, nobody gets any say except for other women it's and the fantastic. women in the and ad. I guarantee they don't have my size and I bet you the women who are looking at it probably don't mind as much it's, no. it, it's, it's it, the dudes because and we just look at it and go oh that one kind of looks like, like my yeah, boobs yeah. it's like that one's me <laughs> one what's higher than the other wearing. yeah lo- like one guy's like well as long as we're objectifying women and he just put numbers on all of them in the ranking order that he wanted <laughs> oh Jesus no <laughs> it is and I guarantee you like he started like number one was like a 12 year old I've been I've been laughing like I laugh for like 15 minutes reading through all the different comments. It is so you need good. To, like tag me in that so I can start looking through it. Oh my god! I'll send it to you. It is absolutely hilarious. There's, there's stuff going around about uh, on on TikTok about Target socks because in the girls little girls section for socks, there's a five pack for let's. I'm I'm gonna make up this amount because I don't remember. I just know that they're a dollar different for like five ninety nine five pa- five pack pair of like no show socks or whatever but in the little boys section it's a six pack pair for a dollar cheaper and the material is all thicker fuck out because in the girls there's like butterflies and stuff cute. and in the boys they're black and blue all right yeah. so out of out of feminist cast uh and let's go back in, <laughs> let's, get back to, yeah. let's get back to utah so we outnumber you right so now. were you born in utah or did you move here after you were born i was actually born in long beach california and uh we moved here um when i was fairly young but i went back and forth a lot uh to visit my dad so my dad stayed in california uh with my middle brother and then my mom moved out here to stay with my grandparents who my grandfather was sick at the time. So then we just kind of stayed out here. Uh, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was a really rough move. Um, parents had a really tumultuous relationship. So mm-hmm. it was definitely like my That's tough. origin story. <laughs> That's tough to go from. Well, those like, are two very different cultures too. It's not like moving from Idaho to Utah. Or oh no. Yeah. You know, Long Beach to, to Utah and then having still siblings in the other place oh, yeah. and that's tough that's yeah. tough and, and i mean honestly especially moving to utah as a, a person of color like that's a shock because they there are plenty of of people of color in long beach oh i mean like it's, we're a dime a dozen there i yeah. come here you're one in a dozen here <laughs> <laughs> no exactly it's probably like more like one in like 1200 not just yeah. a dozen I mean there's so there's very few of there's us. not very many no like. that's what I actually like living on the west side because for the longest time like just in our cul-de-sac here we had a Nigerian family you know the the perfunctory Mexican family we have um, I think they're 
tong- are they Tongan? They're Tongans. Tongan and in the corner. We, we had trash family. We had <laughs> Japanese people living next, like just literally in this. Oh, cul-de-sac. I love that. It was, it was amazing. Awesome. I love that so the much. The Japanese people died. The Nigerians had to move. But the little girls came back to find my little girls, and Aww. my little girls were had gone away to school because they were a few years older. Yeah, and they they actually came back and asked for them. Was the Nigerian family was he a prince, and he'd gotten someone to send him a hundred dollars. No. Don't do that, so. Dad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't do that. Wow. No, they were the sweetest little girls though, because like I said, they were younger. Yeah. And so when we like went through their closet one day, my girls were like, "Oh, we want to take it," and they spread like a big blanket out, and they like laid all their clothes out, and. And then, then all the little girls came over and like, I'm like, that's way better than donating to the DI. Because then so I could much. see them all running around in my yeah. girls' little clothes and stuff. And they were so excited. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. It was the best little circle. So yeah, yeah. When, when did you move here then initially? So I was three when we when we officially moved I was like, here. yeah, you were young. Yeah, man. I was way, way young. Um, and like I said, we went back and forth quite a bit. Um, my dad was LAPD, uh, which was oh, wow. super fun yeah Um, (laughs) and uh he was actually one of the officers during the la riots yeah i was gonna say was this like this was like late 80s then huh my mom is so my my mom is white my dad was uh cuban welsh okay yeah so my mom is she got she did like the 23 in me i'm still very skeptical of it more in the sense of like i just don't want to like try and figure out how i'm gonna spit in a cup like like, it's it's not hard. I've done both ancestry and twenty three, and I actually found my bio, my uh, biological father. It's so. easy. It's just a tube. I'm a nervous spitter. Like <laughs> people are nervous peers. I'm a nervous spitter. Just take your time. I didn't even know that was a it's thing. Like, no. It's not. It's yeah. not that hard. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So we moved here when I was three, and uh, I mean, we just kind of stayed ever since. My that that was kind of the hardest thing I think for my mom is moving to a state that literally had no diversity and of course we lived in Ogden of all places oh. so I mean that really was like top notch I like, mean you could have been diversity. in Orem Brighton and I lived in Ogden oh, for a bit my boyfriend's black and uh, the looks of rage the Karens give oh, God. to him as if he's going to like kidnap their children or something just at the store if he's by himself he gets so many looks and then when I I'm near him. He doesn't get as many looks, but then I start getting the... I've literally been asked if I was the nanny. (laughs) No! We have several nieces and nephews between my husband and I, and I've been asked if I was the nanny. And... I mean, the so times that I'm like, I want to choose violence. I get violence. so pissed when people oh, yeah. come after Brighton or like give weird looks and stuff. Like, I'm ready to go throw hands. Oh, my husband's the same way. My my husband is the exact same way. I remember we were, this is way before we were married, and we were walking down. We were just left Copper Common and crossing the street, and this guy yells out of his very souped up little wiener Mustang and says, <laughs> he's like, are you a nigger lover? And... I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> you, can you, can say say you are allowed to say yes. it. We are not. <laughs> we will not be putting that in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> but I, I am so unfortunately used to it. But he was ready to. He was actively ready to choose violence. He's Italian. And German, I would have so been like, just like he's yeah. stoic, but also like ready to like flip a hand I will at any go, minute. If I have to, I will go yell at someone. I oh. haven't had to. Thank God, I've had arguments online with people where i've gone ham but oh yeah and then i just block them you know yeah but my mom i i will say when we first moved here my mom got the worst of it and it was pretty common 
I want to say in the first couple of years that we moved here that she was asked if I was adopted or where she adopted me from. Um, she was asked even a couple of times if I had siblings that were. I just want to know why people ask adoption. anybody anything about stuff like that. Just like, that's just a like question don't. to ask like a friend. Yeah. Not some random person you're not like, going I just, to talk to otherwise. I just, just don't want to know, know why that. anybody asks anybody any personal questions. Well, at I all. think it's a friend like. They're going to offer up that information if they want to offer it up. Or Don't, like biracial couples yeah. who have a kid and then one of them is with the kid and people will be like, did you kidnap that kid or did oh, you adopt it, oh, that yeah. kid? It's like, that's my kid. We get asked, my husband and I, I get asked all the time if, you know, we're going to have kids and like, oh my gosh, they're going to be just the cutest little chocolate babies. And I'm like, just, can we not? Can we, can we not? I mean, also, your baby looks like a potato. I get it, but it's going to come out cuter. But like, can we not? Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. So there's a, there's a bunch of Native American in my family. And my one cousin, when he was younger, he had long, dark, straight hair. And people would ask him what reservation he was from. The fuck? He's yeah. like, and so like, you my, have to understand his parents, her aunt and uncle are, the whitest of well, white. Well, so my, uh, I know I don't look it, but I, I'm Spanish, so I'm European still looking, so it's very white. But my uncle was also very white, and my aunt is literally like Squires is her maiden name. Like she's very, very, very white. And he would be with them, but like they had, of all my cousins, they had the darkest kids. So they have like, there's, there's another one that looks Indian, Mexican. And then one that looks more Mexican and then one that's like super blonde and blue eyed. Yeah. But like the, my one cousin all the time, they would be like, oh, what reservation are you from? He's like, I live in Sandy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so like not exactly the same thing. But I I like I yeah. like I get like, why are you asking people things like that? St. George is always hard too. well, and like, go down there. You can, you can ask somebody, where Fuck did you get your purse? <laughs> But you can say, where did you get your purse? You can say, oh, where do you get your hair done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can say, I, like I your love nails. your blouse or Who whatever. But you don't get to say, can I touch your hair? Oh, the number of times. Or like pregnant women. Oh, can I touch your belly? That's no. creepy. Don't touch my belly. Don't touch me. I'm not don't, pregnant, but don't touch my belly. Just don't look at me. You can touch my belly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. If you want to rub it. I didn't want to hear that today. You can, you can rub it. I it's remember fine. I was in high school and I was, I was working in a tanning salon. And this was just like a part-time job. Yeah. And this woman... Again, it's Ogden. So, I mean, I don't need to be descriptive here. We know exactly. We all know about Ogden. Exactly. And <laughs> we're thinking Kate plus eight, basically. And <laughs> she comes up to the, she comes up to the station. She's like, I want whatever color you are. And I'm like, ma'am, you would have skin cancer. <laughs> That's going to be a hard no. This is what not a the hell? <laughs> I mean, the, the things that I have been said to, and even now owning this mobile point, bartending business. <laughs> Thank you. Ariana Grande, I'm calling you out. But <laughs> like, even owning this business, the things that I have been asked, like I remember I was setting up for an event. Uh, it was like a chamber of commerce event and I was a member at the time of the chamber of commerce oh. and I won't say which spe specifically which one, but we're setting up my hair is down and curly. And that's part of the reason why I started this business. It's a whole origin story. But this woman asked me, she's like, can you do something more professional with your hair? And I'm like, uh, curly hair. I'm like, no. And she's like, well, I need to talk to your manager. I'm like, I'll get them for what you. What the fuck? <laughs> There I is professional hair, hair for every different kind of hairstyle. I, and, and like in the military, do I look if like you a have curly hair, yeah, you absolutely. get different hairstyles you can use. But also, 
I, other than maybe military police, like healthcare or food, like where you're, you don't want like hair in things or like yeah. around things. What is professional hair? Like they you can't help me because your hair too. is pink. You can't help me because your hair is curly. Like why is straight hair better? Like I don't, I don't get well, that. Well, that's the thing is it's not my hair. Or like, People or like in ten years, straight hair might not be seen as professional. Maybe it has to be curly. No, now, it'll it always be permed. Well, no, it's know? like a curl revolution it's, that's happening right now. But it's not that. It's specifically designed to mm-hmm. discriminate yeah. against you. Yes. And I say that as I point to her and that's not very nice. No, but, but, I, but it, yeah. it, it has, it literally has nothing to do with professionalism. It has to do with people being racist. Well, and John Oliver did a great piece on this, uh, talking about black hair in the workplace and talking specifically about how they're, I mean, basically we're talking about early 1900s that the, the workplace when women were starting to enter into it was straight hair. I mean, that's what was deemed as not only beautiful, but also acceptable. So you saw a lot of women who were doing the straight irons. I mean, literally taking like raw irons to their hair that they let sit on the stove. I mean, I remember I I was a kid and I had this done. I mean, it was horrendous. Well, now you have much much safer tools to do this. I mean, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Thankfully, it comes under the guard and I'm going to burn myself. So you can conform, you know? Yeah. You can still burn your hair off with those, by the way. Our daughter's done that before, so. I would much (laughs) rather see a black woman go through the effort of making her hair into, like, a cute afro than trying to straighten it. And honestly, I, and I don't care. It's your yeah, hair. You know, Do whatever but, you want. Oh, yeah. that wouldn't be professional. You you could you know make it blonde and straight, and I I, it's it it's. <laughs> I should not be allowed to do is, that. But the thing is, is, it's 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 your hair, exactly. and it doesn't affect anything that you're. Like I said, Just other than certain, yeah. cer- there I are certain <laughs> there are certain industries where I don't want hair in my food, yeah. or you know, it's got to be out of the way. Well, at so that point, it's, it's not, a health hazard. It's not necessarily professional. But it doesn't matter hazard. if it's curly or straight in whatever bun or thing that you have my hair does not define my professionalism my my skin color me being a woman in this industry does tattoos and piercings weren't a big deal unless you have like a tattoo of a penis or some racial that a racial slur but i don't even care if it's a penis what is that birds and flowers and little hearts and stuff like most people have like why is that a big deal i'm sorry i'm not tattoos with penises i'm not hiring you if you have a penis tattooed on your face it's not happening (laughs) i know that's where it's not professional but I don't. Okay. How sense. is it not professional if you're behind a phone and nobody if ever? You're sees behind you? a phone. Who cares? Yeah. All of our so dispatchers in my job, can, we're all covered in tattoos. Kay. So then, it's not necessarily unprofessional. Yeah. So I want to I want to come back a little ways from <laughs> like hair and dick tattoos. I love this. Uh, and I want to get into how did you get into bartending? Oh yeah. So I had moved down to Salt Lake. Um, I was getting ready to play volleyball for Westminster College, Ooh. and I was also working part-time for David's Bridal, which is a trash store. <laughs> I'll say it out loud Thanks again. Thanks for the shout-out. It's a trash store. <laughs> I'll and say it louder for everyone. It's a trash store. Talk about a place there. that, like, fat phobias people. Oh, my God. Do they well, only carry, like, size, like, 1 no, through 2 or carry, something? Up to t- size 26W, which is actually pretty great for most bridal stores. Here's the thing. They only offer four different styles. And so you're incredibly ah. limited. And the thing is, you're basically told, hey, if you want to wear a white wedding dress, you're stuck with this very plain thing. Mm. You don't have any other option. Yeah. And ah. and as far as like the prom dress line. Oh, Jesus. You know what's great about uh, the advent of online sales? 
they're not doing as well. <laughs> no, they're, they're doing terrible. So, yeah, I was working for David's Bridal as a, quote, bridal consultant. And mm. it was really great. It's still <laughs> on my LinkedIn. And I was helping this bride who was, you know, getting married. And she just really splurged on everything else but the wedding dress because she came to David's Bridal. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing this planner in the background. It was her planner basically say, what do you mean we lost a bartender? Well, shit, now I have to find another bartender. Oh. I'm 19 at the time, and I raised my hand like I volunteer as tribute. Absolutely, I'm going to go bartend for this event, of which I've never done before. I had maybe poured, I remember I had opened one Budweiser for, I think, my uncle and I remember my mom bought a pack of Corona, which I don't even think she ever actually touched. Like, I didn't grow up with alcohol <laughs> in my family. So yeah, but it sounded fun. You wanted to oh learn. My gosh, so much fun. Right. Exactly. And it, I mean, it just seemed like fun. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I needed the money. I was new to Salt Lake. I was like, yeah, I, it's the thing I'm going to do. And I started working at just catering events. And it basically spiraled from there. It helped me pay my way through college. Um, it helped me pay my way through life. I did so not. So did you go to Westminster? I did. I went, That's so I awesome. went to Westminster for uh, my neuroscience degree. So I have a bachelor's in neuroscience wow. and a bachelor's in psychology. And you are a bartender. So you know exactly. how to get my people to buy proud. more drinks and tip you, right? But you know, exactly. it doesn't matter. That's where, so that's where my daughter was looking into for her psychology degree was Westminster. She got accepted and we're like, do your basics somewhere cheaper, please. Go to the U. Yeah. She they're, is at the U. They're, 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 granted when I went, their clinical psychology program was trash. And they know it was trash. When I left, it was on its way up. So yeah, it's much better it's than it much is now. Better I think now. it's like yeah. one of the top it's ones in the, in the state. Like now, the top really. 10 actually in the country. Yeah, oh, it's, really? It's yeah. really good. But that's what she's like. Well, they have a really good graduate psychology so like, program. Then, I'm like, so then, wait until your yeah, graduate then, degree. Don't go there now. Don't, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but now she might go into nursing. She hasn't decided. So I mean, again, like go to therapy before you think you want to go into nursing. She's actually a CNA right now. And it Way really suits her. She's like the most patient. Like I, she's doing God's work. Yeah, <laughs> my other daughter is like no. So you you do all these private catering events. I were you just doing them privately, or were you part like? Did you find employment with a company doing them? So I was working uh, just kind of peer in with uh, several catering companies. I had made friends with several wedding planners and. Um, when I left David's Bridal, I went over to another bridal shop, um, Altamoda, which is incredibly popular here in Utah. Well, it was basically back in 2013. Um, I don't know how they're doing now, but I think they're doing good. <laughs> and, um, I, I just kind of made friends with a lot of really, uh, well-known event planners and they were like, yeah, we'll hire you as like a one-off bartender. Again, never asked for my ID. I was granted was well over 21 now, but I was also LDS at the time. So these, <laughs> I'm making these drinks and I had ever, never actually tried any, them. any formal training at any point in, in oh, aggressively, no. time. Utah sucks at that. Yeah. We yeah, don't the, really have a good thing is like school. most granted. We have some amazing bartenders here. That oh, is yeah. the surprising thing about it is either they're transplants to Utah or they have just really learned and paid attention. And I mean, we don't really have a, we don't have a bar program here. I know a lot of bar programs have really tried and failed, but most people are either professionals in the industry are like, Hey, you know, you don't need this. You just learn on the job or they don't want to pay the thousand to sometimes $1,500 that it is to actually take your time to learn everything. And that's where I think Utah really fails. Um, I mean, granted, 
there, I mean, if you're just working at a dive bar, do you need to know how to make like a gimlet or if you're a just Gibson serving house? Beer like, and like, yeah. No, you don't need to know how to make those cocktails. But if you ever want to elevate yourself to like a, uh, like an actual cocktail house or, uh, like a more elegant restaurant or anything like that, like you want to know those things. But the thing is, they don't teach you that. You just Google it. <laughs> exactly. You're like literally there you know on what, an though? iPad Googling it. That's what a lot of bartenders will do anyway if you give them some weird drink because yeah. they're different names, different. Pl- so yeah. here, let's here's not my, go here's into the fuzzy. No, navel we're doing thing. it. <laughs> fuzzy navel versus a hairy navel. I hate both of them. Well, I'm not asking if you like the drink. <laughs> I'm just saying because if I order a fuzzy navel here in Utah, yeah, it it will come with vodka. Yeah. If I order a fuzzy navel back east, it does not come with vodka. You have to order a hairy navel. Exactly. Yeah. So like, and typically fuzzy you, navel oops. here in Utah uh, is peach vodka. At least from I, what I always learned. Usually, and again, I, I get don't schnapps. make them. It's usually, it's usually peach schnapps with vodka. vodka because and they, peaches and oranges. Most yeah. bars don't stock peach vodka. Well, yeah, N- now they don't. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be incredibly popular. But, you but know, like, Rock was making it like crazy. Yeah, but I mean, it, and that's the thing. Like trends come and go. I don't oh go to, yeah, I don't go to bars. I grew up in bars. I don't go to them anymore. Oh, my bar is my house. I, and this is, I mean. Do I own it? Absolutely. I am a I am a fucking cocktail snob. I am, I am too. because I again I have been doing this for thirteen years. These these fuckers, <laughs> Jeremy and we got another friend Josh. We'll, they'll come over for anything yeah. and they're like, "Hey, uh, can you make us an old fashioned?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I've actually won awards for my old fashioned, oh. and like I go whip one up with all Chris's got you, stuff boo. upstairs. I got you, boo. I don't know that we've. Got I've got everything. She'll in make here. something up. Do you? <laughs> Well, and the thing is, like, yeah, I, I absolutely own it. So anytime we go to, like, any bar here in Utah, I hate to say it, most places I absolutely hate anything they give me. And I, I really, I hate that I'm like that, but because I want to enjoy the experience of being out. But at the same time, I am incredibly judgy. But I also, again, I teach bartending for a living. I teach, I teach people how to do this properly. I want them to know how to do this in a fashion that's not only going to boost the sales of the restaurant, but also boost the tips. I want them to, you know, increase the volume of their restaurant or bar that they're bartending at, or if they're, you know, a mobile bartender. I want them to know how to do it properly because shitty drinks, lead to shitty drinkers. Yeah. And that's what we have here in abundance in Utah. There's nothing like a really good There's a reason they sell palletfuls of Fireball at our liquor store over here. And if I hear one more person come up to me and say, Fireball is whiskey, I will. You will go missing. Fireball is shit whiskey. It's not whiskey. (laughs) Fuck ton of syrup in it. It It is is gross. It is liqueur antifreeze. It's so gross. With cinnamon. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, that's basically all it is. The liquor store right up here by these guys, it has its own pallet section of it. Yeah. It's, well, we're on the west side. What's the one that I... <laughs> Jack Daniels and like? Fireball are top sellers for Utah. That that's you disturbing. Like? The cinnamon... You like hot damn, which hot is damn. just schnapps. Yeah, I like... So if I'm a frou-frou drinker... If you really want to try, like, a great um, cinnamon whiskey that's actually a whiskey, uh, Rock and Bourbon by Water Pocket... Is Water pocket stellar, uh, just anyway. Amazing. Yeah, I love they. Stuff. I mean, granted, they put everything they put out is really done with care. They do a lot, uh, amazing the, lost. Uh, I, I would actually, I would actually be really curious to. So the the struggle I have with like some of the stuff Water Pocket makes is it's so good and it has amazing flavor profile, but I struggle figuring out how to use it other than just sipping it. And I think there's really good ways to do it, but I don't have the brain space to come up with those things. And see, that's what I, I love to do. And that, one of my questions for you was, was, you know, are you 
more into like because there's two sides to bartending like when you go down to vegas there's bars that are all about the flash right yeah the flare like, the show yeah. being able to do the flare and spin the bottles and you know serve tw- pour 20, it into the rainbow 20 fucking yeah. drinks at once Started on fire. and then there's people that make good drinks <laughs> <laughs> yes there's actual bartenders yeah <laughs> i mean not that those guys aren't actual bartenders they're flare they're, bartenders and granted that is some skill yeah and that is it's an amazing skill they're fucking I, jugglers behind a bar is what uh, they yes are. i mean can i do a long shot absolutely is it it's fun to show off it yeah i mean people are like oh my gosh it's it's so tall like absolutely i love it like but you're, 20 bucks you're all into the actual mixology i'm into the actual mixology because i for me, I care about making good drinks rather than drinks that are just pretty. Um, and that's one thing that I always get a lot of shit for here in Utah is the fact that people say to me, they're like, well, I don't need something fancy. And fancy is a relative more than anything. Like, I think you can make a tequila sunrise fancy. It's all about the garnish. such a good drink. I mean, you could make a Greyhound fancy. I mean, it's not hard to make a drink fancy, but it's throw some leaves in it. Exactly. It's really (laughs) how you dress it up. A nice glass. Put smoke. What? I'm sorry. Did you do anything with smoke? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, um, I, I started smoking my cocktails, uh, like 2017, 2016. Um, and I really, I started with, uh, my Irish and my Japanese whiskeys smoking them and mm. it was so much fun. Um, but as like the little, like the little coasters and the little smoke machines started to come out, it just, it got to be so, so much of a trend. I kind of like steered away from it. But the one thing I love is I found this guy named Kabir, um, who makes these wooden pine little smokers that sit right on top of the glass. And I got to do a photo shoot with slug, um, about my business and my, they have my little, uh, little cocktail smoker featured in there, but he just came out with these like ceramic, um, I think that's what they are. Uh, these basically it's a ceramic skull, like skull, uh, smoker. So you put it, it's, it works the same way. It smokes your cocktail. Super cute. It's super cute. But the thing is it smokes, like the smoke releases through the eyes and the mouth of the skull. And I have skulls all over my house because we celebrate Dia Los Muertos and it like, I lost my shit when I saw this. It's beautiful. And I'm like, I I haven't used it yet because I'm saving it for a special video. I have a, a smoked margarita cocktail that I'm kind of working on and i'm like i'm so excited we did a what was that drink that you so had? yeah i was gonna say so we went to uh prohibition which chris said that they made shitty drinks i just had one and it was with breakfast the, so it was kind of yeah, weird but the drink i had was really really good and i don't it was one of their signature drinks and it was essentially a take on an old-fashioned but it was like super sugary yeah um, i know exactly and, what you're and it about. had smoked lavender which was fucking awful the rest of the drink was great but ever it just smelled like burnt it wasn't smoke. And it was fancy. But it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. along the lines of what you were talking about where it was very fancy. Yes. But it was. But the drink, it's, I mean, the drink itself was fine. It was really sweet. It was yeah. You said that there was a bunch expecting. of like sugar and stuff yeah, at the bottom it was, too. It, it was very sweet. Like they didn't muddle well. They didn't like. Well, that's the thing about an old fashioned is, and this is, I mean, we're going back like early 1800s. The way that it's properly made, it has one sugar cube and it actually uses rye the original recipe actually mm-hmm. used gin but it never actually used bourbon up yeah, until like the, the, mid, the original like recipes used fucking bathtub liquor because yes. all of these <laughs> all these cocktails like old fashions and everything came out during actual prohibition when what you got was what was made in the fucking country in bathtubs oh, yeah. and stuff so it yeah. was it was all gin because that's really easy to yeah. make 
And gin, literally, people made it in their bathtub. Yeah, they still do. Bathtub gin. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't bath. I don't she, really she, like. She's gin. got an extra bathtub in her house just for the gin. <laughs> no, but we do have like fifteen barrels in our garage. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I mean, like we're collectors. Right? So, so what is what is your absolute favorite drink to make? Um, I would say if I'm making it for myself, it would have to be a gimlet. And that is a huge shout out to my family who also are big fans of gimlets. Uh, it's just a beautiful cocktail that I had to learn to make the hard way because I had a very, very bougie, fancy lady that I didn't realize was, um, oh my gosh, she was one of the like stand-ins on Harry Potter. I didn't even realize this. She'd come in for Sundance. She was very nice, but at the same time, she was very like bougie and she's like, I want a gimlet. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Don't yell at me in British. And it's gin and juice for people that don't pretty much. It just sounds really shitty when people like have that accent and they say something snotty to you. It it does like if I just say gimlet. If I say, Can I have a gimlet? It doesn't come off the same. It sounds like you had a stroke. It does. It sounds like I said something wrong. Like there's a word that I should have said in place of that. The the sipping on gin and juice song, it's just about gimlets. Exactly. Right, it's just Snoop gin, is fancy. gin and lime juice, basically, right? It, yeah, it is. I mean, and a little egg white, but like it's, it's a little kind of greeny. Yeah, it's better, but it's yeah. it's that's what but it is. They're but they're really good and they're really simple, simple cocktails. I mean, they've got your they've got the main three components. You've got your, of course, your spirit. You've got your citrus, which is, I mean, if you're not going to do your, your citrus, you have to uh, basically replace it with something that's a little bit more flat, more savory. So that's where you kind of come in with amaro or vermouth, and um, then you're sweet. And then if you're going to ever switch out your sweet, you always go with just basically the exact opposite, which is salty. Um, and that is basically the formula for making any kind of cocktail. But if I'm making a cocktail for look, um, I'm making a Ramos Gin Fizz because they are so hard to make um, correctly. Uh, I mean, you're looking at a Collins glass, which is mm, roughly eight inches tall. If you know it's a good Collins glass and half of that is supposed to be your foam and the original <laughs> the original recipe actually called for 11 cocktail shakers who were each individually shaking it for one minute. Are you serious? Yeah. Just to get that much foam out of the... Yes. I mean, we're talking New Orleans. This is when this, like, this was the big cocktail and granted, I mean, like, he would make his own flower water and of course he'd make his own gin and he would make like all his own ingredients um, or grow them. Um, but yeah, he would hire 11, 11 cocktail shakers. These weren't bartenders. These were cocktail shakers and they had to aggressively shake it. <laughs> Aggressively, aggressively shake, shake it. it. Well, cause you gotta make the foam. <laughs> yeah. You've got to hand you gotta make the foam. The foam you gotta really hammer it. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's what makes a Ramos gin fizz is yeah, that foam. <clears throat> That's, uh, Gin's one thing I've just never been able to get into. I don't like I don't oh, like I pine gin. trees. I don't know. It's... Well, here's the here's the amazing thing is like there's so many really good gins that they've started. I mean, granted, you have to have juniper in there. That's there's, what like, makes there's a gin. A, there's a minimum seven ingredients to be considered a dry gin, and there's a minimum fourteen uh, ingredients to be considered a craft gin. Um, but you have to have juniper as an ingredient. Right. Well, because that is gin. That is gin. Um, but. There are so many really great gins out there that really kind of mask the juniper flavor and taste, uh, flavor, sorry, flavor and smell, um, which are the, like the main thing that really kind of throws people off. They're like, I hate the smell. I hate the smell of pine. I, I don't want to like, drink a Christmas tree. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like this is, you also have to know, like this is the liquor that 
killed off half of England that they're like, you know what? We don't care. We're going to we're just going to focus on prohibition for America while everybody in England is dying from cirrhosis of the liver (laughs) and domestic violence (laughs) because Jen. Yeah. Well, you know, it makes people very mean sometimes. It really does. What happens when you drink tree sap? That and fireball. (laughs) Yeah. That's just like a, a sugar OD, I think. Oh, yeah. So gross. I served. You know what's worse is Aftershock. <laughs> I, so, but it's so even, pity. Do they even sell that in Utah anymore? No. I haven't seen it. So I used to, one of my first, like, I should say high volume bartending jobs was I worked in a strip club here in Utah. And I love telling this story mainly because I was also studying my for my neuroscience degree at the time. And a lot of my final papers and my thesis were based on stories from the strip club. Trails, That's Bush, awesome. Southern uh, Exposure. Southern. Southern exposure. <laughs> There's not that many. No, so. Southern North Exposure on State. Northern Exposure. <laughs> That's true. And I, That's no, the I one didn't they wanna... tore down when they put it in the hospital, wasn't it? Um, no. So they... All three locations that they had are still op- are still you know, there. Su- Southern was the one in front of the hospital that yeah. got, torn, that got down, torn down, but they yeah. just moved it to. It's next to the Chinese supermarket now on Thirty Third. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean it's been there since like it's been there a long time. Yeah. It's been a while. Two thousand eight, I yeah. want to say. Um, but Fireball and uh, uh, what is it, Rockstar? That was that. It was like pomegranate rock star. For some reason, that was like the drink combination that That sounds disgusting. And I love cinnamon, so I can usually tolerate. Yeah, that sounds. And I love pomegranates, but that sounds. I love pomegranates, but that all sounds like trash. And also, like diabetes, just waiting at my door. It's just like sounds like something some teenagers would make at a party. That combo of energy drink and liquor. The reason it exists is because people don't want to do cocaine and heroin at the same time. It's the yeah. same effect. It's a it's, it's a like, speedball essentially in a different. And they kind of lost form. their prescription for opiates. It's yeah, like, it's like Jaeger bombs. Oh God! I mean, I, I did do I did do a, a shot ski oh, when Jager. I was up at uh, Oktoberfest one time. Yeah. But I was with so I, I'm sure you noticed when you came in. I'm very short, and and what? I'm, 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 I'm very very short. Okay, and so uh, so. We get the, we get there we get up there and there's like one spot left and they're like oh yeah you can have it because it's just me and they put me with a bunch of like tall like white blonde and so we did the shot ski which went all over my face which was fine since I don't really like Jaeger I just kind of wanted the experience yeah. of doing a shot ski but did you want to shower but I was like oh no I'm just gonna smell like licorice the rest I, of the day I actually yeah. like Jaeger I'm one of those weird yeah people. You are I weird. like Sambuca better. I actually like Jaeger. I, I like all the it. flavors. I don't like I see, I love a niece. I don't like a niece. So, and actually yeah. speaking of, of, um, fuck, what's their name? I don't know. The, the distillery, they have a liqueur that they made with, Water Pocket? Yeah, Water Pocket, pocket yeah. with, with a niece. They're, that was um, one of their first ones. Uh, oh, baby, out. Now I can't remember what it's called, but baby, I, out. I had a, I had a gentleman who wanted a liqueur that's not made here in the US but the, the the closest thing I actually could find was a product from Water Pocket um, and it's basically a lost uh, a lost liquor yeah. or a lost liqueur um, underground is relatively close to like a Jaeger yeah yeah and it's close it's it's a it's an anise based liquor yeah. flavored yeah it's I don't like good. anise no I love it it's I so like good. it in my mold wine and it stops there smell yeah. it makes me sick 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your your actual business because we've we've covered a ton <laughs> of stuff, but I don't think we've actually told. I feel like people, we just need to have yeah, her like, back to talk about other like being black in Utah or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's Black History Month. <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. True. Uh, yeah. Why so, not? So, so now uh, we can have a. Now we didn't even a, think about that. We need some more guests. Of course, this, you can this come won't. Back. This won't. Air it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Right yeah, because we're doing it for but when they're because it is Black History Month. Now we can sell sofas. Oh yeah, we were we were getting mad. So we were like, we pre- we recorded our preview thing, and then we like stopped for a minute while we were like waiting for you to come. And he's like, Pet "How Smart. is PetSmart having a Black History Month? So what is it like? Your black dog gets to come in? Yeah. Like how is that? A My black, black poodle thing? gets to go in there and get fifteen percent off if anything you, he wants. If you go in and show your race card, they give you a discount. Show your race card. Maybe maybe Phoebe gets a, a discount because she's a black mouth cur. I don't know, but what does that have to do with Black History Month? I, so I don't get it. I'm it's an now excuse a, to have a okay. We were gonna have her tell us about Sorry, her oh, totally business, and you guys just really quick. I had to tell this little thing. So I'm a 31 year old that's on TikTok now. So I part of me hurts when I say that out loud but at the same time i'm 46 and on there so i'm i'm also the generation like vine was incredibly popular yeah and And then it went away and turned into tiktok it it really did (laughs) if anybody says otherwise i'm like you're just you're you're in denial yeah but i was watching this video and it came on at the perfect timing it was this woman who was talking about she had just run like some like eight miles and it's just cute cute blonde and she's all sweaty she's like i just ran eight miles and she's in downtown new york and this black guy's like moo bitch it's black history month <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, i i sent this to every single one of my friends and family members i'm like i need you to know i'm coming in with this energy this is my energy <laughs> right you. now that's awesome that's, that's fantastic funny. granted i i think 2020 helped me immensely just also kind of find my voice and not only as a black woman and here in utah but also as a business owner because i don't i i have i I realized that i was making myself small to accommodate the comfort of others and i no longer do that now i'm just i'm gonna i'm saying i'm a cunt i'm an absolute cunt (laughs) i don't get to say it on the podcast as often i'm an absolute bitch (laughs) yeah he he has a shirt that says horror island because in the very beginning of the podcast we used to say that he'd make trips to horror island to refill the swears because he has a potty mouth so (laughs) it does in fact the other day i said it and he was like did you just say that and i was like i did just say that yeah my I mean, again, like it's one of those things that's like it's just very comfortable. It's a it's a love language. You, when you find your person that you're 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 supposed to be with, this the insults come very lovingly. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're being horrible to each other, you know, Joe and I love to call each other. You know, you're being a real thundercunt right now. I love you, <laughs> nice. but you're being a real thundercunt. <laughs> exactly. It, it rolls off the tongue with such. It mm, does. Mm, Gosh, like it's a, it sounds good. Yeah. It it actually doesn't even sound bad. Exactly. Like it really doesn't. It almost sounds like a compliment. Like. Thank you. Yeah, because the thunder before it. Exactly. I think so. Like you're you're being there. You're yeah. there. <laughs> no, I I think it's great. I, yeah. I I I have my TikTok stuff and I listen to it and stuff. And when I I hear people talking about, you know, not only do we need to empower women, but when we empower Black women specifically, yeah. we see things happen. Yes. Like there are very specific things. Of course, I can't remember anything right now. Like your business that we need to talk about. (laughs) But it's just like those things, but, but, but black women, because when they find their voice, it's a very powerful voice. Thank you. Well, and I, I mean, that's actually a really great segue. Um, so, um, you brought up bar, uh, prohibition. So, 
I was actually, this is kind of like, again, I love to say this, like the origin story of my business. So I was there with my friends for, uh, my friend for her birthday. Um, my first time to this bar, I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to try not to sneeze. <laughs> you, can, you can just turn off mic and sneeze. It's fine. You want to take it? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, uh, so I, we went to this bar, uh, we went to Prohibition for her birthday and we're there having a good time. And I, right before this, I had just kind of come to the realization, um, after a pretty traumatic and what I like to think of like a blackout memory of my life, I had been sexually assaulted. And so my comfort levels of being in public without just getting absolutely shit faced was pretty like I didn't have a good meter and good measurement of being able to control those kind of situations. So this was one of those situations where I'm like, I'm going to allow myself to get comfortable. I'm going to be okay. I'm with friends. I'm safe. And I can't exactly remember what song came on. Um, but we were dancing and all of a sudden this older white dude comes up behind me and starts grabbing me and groping me and trying to basically why are guys disgusting? I don't know. But he, he was, he, he was so aggressive and I'm like, no, 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 thank you. Again, just trying to make myself like small, but also being polite and like trying to get him away from me. And, um, he proceeds, he's like, just fucking dance with me, you black bitch. Like, and he's calling me all these names and I'm just like, ah, I just want to get away now. And eventually, like my girlfriend saw and they, they pulled him off me. And I just proceeded to shut down. Like I, that was my moment where I'm like, I, I can't do it. I can't do anything. And it's, it, I mean, that's such a, that's such a really broad way of saying it, but like, I couldn't do, I couldn't function as a woman. I couldn't, I I didn't shower for like a week. I was afraid to tell my, my then boyfriend, now husband, I was afraid to tell him. I, I had just gone out some really, really, um, abusive jobs with really abusive uh, employers and like it was just kind of one thing after another after another you know when they say like th- things happen in threes I for me it happens in like tens and it's like <laughs> oh you think you're at rock bottom hmm, there's another level of hell and I it was that moment where I'm just breaking down and I'm telling Joe you know what happened to me and he's he's a wildland firefighter so he, he was out on a tour and so he couldn't be there with me and I was alone in the new house that we had bought and I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do with my life. I don't know how to start over. I don't know where, where I go from here. Like I, I, I can't do it. And that was the moment where he said, why don't you go back to bartending? It was the last time you can actually remember that you were happy. And I, it, it took me, it took me a moment to be like, uh, yeah, 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 okay, I guess. Like, I had been sexually assaulted while I was a bartender. I remember <laughs> I have a lovely scar on my leg from when a, a homeless man tried to attack me. So, I mean, again, like, it happens. Don't touch people. Um, but it was, it was that moment where not only did I have, like, just a overall blanket of support from the person I loved, um, and his family, but also I had a huge amount of support from my mom and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. That's not really a job, but at the same time, like it's something I'm really good at. And that's kind of where it started. I started just freelancing, just putting my name out there, but then we started to get a lot of business and I was like, okay, we should probably put a name behind this. (laughs) And so we had, when we moved into the house, we were going to say, uh, not savers, the DI, which is I think the trash version of savers. Um, (laughs) and you're not wrong. 
It's, it's really gross. I mean, I don't know in Utah. It's the stuff that Savers throws out because really, DI. It really is. I mean, there's just a lot more of the DI series of problems. It's true. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I love a good Savers. And <laughs> Jeremy basically lives at Savers. I love Savers. Right. What are you wearing right now that's from Savers? This. Okay. This. <laughs> <laughs> what up, twin? Um, so I we were at the DI and we were looking at like the cases where they have their collectibles. Oh, those are the best. I love those because I'm just like... Who in the world yeah. thought this, like... This is a Nint- banjo missing th- three of the four strings, and it's all scratched. How someone is wants it in the vintage, like, antique the, the special This porcelain doll that's missing one eye. Because yeah. it's, here's the thing. Because those things are all worth at least $5. So gotta go behind the glass. Can't, glass. can't steal them. Very important. <laughs> gotta get them behind the glass. Can I tell you, though, that's the worst fucking thing to buy at the DI. Like, it's always the best to go look oh, yeah. at because you find gems in there. Oh, yeah. But, like, to buy it, you have to be like, hey, can I get someone over here? And they have to write out a stupid little slip. And, and then you, you gotta go pay for yeah. it. Then you gotta go back and get it. And then you gotta go show them the slip before you fucking leave. Like, oh. I don't. Just it's too many steps. I'm like, out. Why? It's too many steps. I did buy a great cast iron there once, and it was great. It's fantastic. I did have a guy who came up to me and gave me unsolicited advice. He's like, well, do you want to know how to take care of this? And I'm like, no. 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 My no, mother looks man. like Ina Garten, so no, thank you, sir. <laughs> I am okay. Um, but we were walking through, we were walking through the DI, and we just, I just happened to see, like, this pair of, like, copper mule cups that were handmade. Oh, nice. And, I wondered if hammered copper was Yeah, that. so we, these, this was, like, the first, like, hour thing that we got together for our new house that we had bought and it was it was very symbolic because the copper is surprisingly an incredibly important metal when it comes to bartending people mm-hmm. don't really realize that but it is a great conductor and it holds cold, cold yeah. for so, so I've got, long I've got a handful of copper mugs yeah. it's crazy how long those things stay oh, cold yeah. it's yeah. awesome also they're real copper mugs, not like the shit that just looks lined. Yeah, yeah, so and granted, I, I I have friends who are like, I, t- I hate the taste of copper. I'm like, well, one, you're probably not cleaning your copper. I was just going to say, what, you is, your, is your copper green? Exactly. <laughs> um, and copper poisoning absolutely is a real thing. You want to absolutely Don't put careful. tomatoes in it. And don't put tomatoes. <laughs> and just clean it. If you're going to use it, dry it off after you're done and then just clean it like monthly if you're you're regularly using it. But so we we found these copper mugs. I polished them, I cleaned them up. We had our first like real cocktail in our house. It was really cute. And <laughs> when we were, I was trying to think of the name, like I came up with all these different names and he's like, "What about the hammered copper because he's also he outside of being a uh, a wildland firefighter he also does metal work and woodwork and jewelry oh, that's cool. and so the we need to have him on the show too <laughs> he's such a cool dude um the the thing about copper that also makes it incredibly beautiful is it's one of those metals that actually gets stronger the more that it's beat up so it's an incredibly resilient metal i mean that's why you see pennies that are pure copper from like like Forever. 1800s well, are like so still beautiful copper roofs yeah that were put back in the 1800s yeah um they patina and they turn green and people think that's bad no yeah it, it, that roof will outlast the house absolutely and that granted they're insanely expensive oh, so there's a giant you can fucking get one, statue in new york harbor that is green because it's copper because it's copper Gee, i right. wonder what that Thanks, could be french yeah thank you france <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we, uh, he is the one who actually helped me come up with the name and um in our original logo uh, we had a ginkgo leaf and the ginkgo leaf uh is one of the species of tree yeah so it's one of the species of tree uh that originated out of japan um and it was the 
only plant species to actually survive the atomic bombings. Oh, wow. And uh, it is actually still in its original uh, lineage. So it's it doesn't I mean, granted, there are sprout offs now, but its original like starter lineage is still existing, which is it's unheard of. Um, And I mean, it's one of those plants that really does fully represent its name of being resilient and strong and beautiful and healthy. And I mean, it's it. I see it all the time and I just kind of, it's a constant reminder for me. Like I am, I'm resilient. I'm strong. Like I might get beat up. I did get beat up, but I can overcome anything. And more than anything, I try and take that passion for continuing forward and that passion to make quality over quantity into my business. And it's not something that always gets across for everybody. And I I get that. We're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive uh, mobile bartending service. But at the same time, when people hire us, we do good work. And we genuinely care about the experience of everything we do. And it I took my my personal experience of creating this business and really put it into the fabric that is the hammered copper now. And I've been incredibly lucky to grow this business now. Uh, we're coming up on four years. And which is very weird to think. Well, especially over COVID. <laughs> exactly. Like we survived COVID, which was huge. Now I've, I've started to, I, I had my moment of like panic where I've started to see a lot of mobile bartending companies pop up here and there. And I'm like, Ooh, is my business going to be okay? But at the same time, again, we've now established ourselves as like, we are, we are quality. People want to come, come and work with us. And that's part of the reason why I did my branch off business, which is, uh, the cocktail collective, which is, um, our cocktail and spirits education facility. Now we here in Utah, we actually have a surprising number of award winning distilleries and breweries, which I mean, people do not know. And it's really, it's, it's sad a little bit, but at the same time, like, I feel like it's a really good kept secret right now because the prices are still good. Those that know, know. Yeah. But well, most everybody else. And exactly. we've, we've talked about this on the show, especially like the brewing business in Utah grew because of our liquor laws, yes. because of the way that our liquor laws were formed. We have an amazing microbrewing community in yeah, this we state. Do. It forced us to. Yeah, it forced us to have local breweries that could brew to Utah's requirements yeah. and create amazing craft beers. And I think, you know, on the back of a lot of that, distilleries, you know, all the distilleries that we've talked to, uh, you know, on the show, they've all said basically the same thing. Like opening in Utah, the hardest part is the federal stuff. Oh, yeah. And and getting past those federal requirements, nothing that Utah is going to do is going to be any worse than what the federal does oh, yeah. for, for distilleries. And so but, we have an amazing group of, of young distillers in this state that, like that are Sugar House stuff. That, sugar oh, House really pays. I love that Sugar House rye gets me every single time. James, no house. Have you, have you, uh, have you used his new make at all? I, I actually have several bottles. Of yeah, I, I can't figure out what to do with it because I don't really. We'll, we'll have to not, talk off the air yeah. and she can give it you some hints. It makes a fantastic, uh, what I like to call, um, red, like a red Negroni. Mm. I mean, Negronis are already red, but the fact that it does have that, uh, wine, uh, back is incredibly amazing. Um, it is still, it's, it's, it's a tough one to mix, but at the same time, it's so, it's so good. He did such a good job. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, so there was a, we were in, um, what's the town, uh, Estes Park, Colorado. Oh, beautiful. And there's a, there's a, a, a little like whiskey distillery place there and they sell empty barrels, like small yeah. empty barrels. And I really want to buy one and shove his new make in there and sit on it for like five to seven years. Do it. I, I'm real. I was so tempted when we, we were should there. Ha- we one. should make Cassie drive up there. My daughter's up in Denver. 
where she can be in a real where she can be a real adult well and the there's actually a lot of money to in like selling like buying and selling smaller casks because they're they're so they're so rare now they don't make them anymore because they're not as financially fruitful yeah um so i mean we have several around the house like we have um uh what's called a bullet uh, a bullet barrel which um is longer than the normal barrel um mm. but it's it's still it's really fun and it's beautiful but yeah like I, th- there's so many things you can do in this industry and i'm still figuring that out for myself i mean like i said i'm 31 i have a lot of things i want to do but i can say where i am right now i I'm absolutely doing the thing that I love and that I want to do for the foreseeable future. And you found the person that you can do it with because he's the one that recognized it and helped you get there. I mean, he is my, he's my cheerleader. Do you plan on a brick and mortar Sunday an actual? So that's what the cocktail collective is, is we actually opened a brick and mortar back in December for the cocktail collective. Like I said, that's our cocktail and our spirits education facility. So we host events, we teach classes. Um, we like, the way I can describe us, and it's not necessarily accurate, but we're the basically a culinary school for cocktails. That's awesome. Like so we, we don't teach food, but like, where's that? Where's that located? So we are located in the art space uh, in downtown Salt Lake. So how? So if somebody wants to take a class, how do they go about doing that? So they can find us either on Instagram or um, on uh, Facebook, or we have our website, the uh, the com. Unfortunately, Cocktail Collective was taken by... So was Hot Dog Australia. Water. Yeah, so we're hotdog-water.com. Right? Long yeah, story, but we... <laughs> long story, but we feel your pain. Oh my gosh, Hot Dog Water. So how often cocktail. do you teach classes? Weekly? Monthly? No, you did not just say that. I'm not letting you off the hook with that. You did <laughs> not just say dog. that makes a good cocktail. No. Hot Dog he Water. Hot dog. I thought you said, Hot Dog Water makes she a good did. cocktail. He absolutely did. That is fucked up. That's incredibly fucked That's up. That's a lie, too. That's 100%. <laughs> but you know someone out there did it. Uh, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, no somebody out there, somebody out there loves Hot Dog Water. You know, you know, when I think of something like Hot Dog Water, it's it's got to be really salty. Oh, absolutely. And, and so I imagine it would have to fit in some sort of like a, like a, you could use it for like the, the dirty juice of a martini of like a really dirty martini. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Because that's all the, I mean, when they, when they add the olive water, yeah. there's not it's much flavor. It's just brine. It's yeah. just salt water. The, yeah. the Caesar, the, the Canadian Caesar. Where they put the weirdest garbage in it. Oh, Jesus. That might work in that. It might. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So it's like a Bloody Mary, but it's not. Oh, man. They're... But they, they put like clam juice. And... Yeah. Oh, is it made with Clamato? It's, it it's like a Michelada, but it's Canadian. Oh, that's disgusting. Anyway, you yeah. could put, probably put hot dog water <laughs> just in throw up in my mouth. Uh, anyway, how often do you guys <laughs> teach your classes? So, I mean, granted, we just opened. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, we've had to kind of scale back what we had planned. But what we've done in uh, instead of kind of focusing on all of our classes being in person is we've moved a lot of them to ver- back to virtual, which is where the Cocktail Collective started. Um, it originally started with just talking uh doing our whiskey uh whiskey cocktail series um which was incredibly popular basically focusing on all the umbrella under uh the title of quote whiskey um and we did those virtually it was a lot of fun um and then we had a second one called crime in a cocktail um which was so much fun uh we started out very small very virtual um but unfortunately my my co-host moved to uh nashville and so we have to figure out that situation again but we're hoping to be able to bring that back but we right now we're uh looking 
looking at doing anywhere from six to eight classes a month um, with the option of possibly adding a course virtual. Those are just in person, but adding virtual um, private classes. Um, and we also utilize it as an event space because um, it's pretty open. So so with these these classes, are you actually mixing real drinks or using um, like fake liquors? I don't understand. I don't know how that works with Utah law. We use hot dog water. <laughs> No, you saw that. Try this. This is a good gimlet, right? <laughs> Here's a hot dog on the side. Yeah. Um, hot so, dog water. Now you deal. put a Vienna garnish. You put a Vienna sausage in it. <laughs> <laughs> Use your fanciest cocktail. Freaking pick. Vienna sausages look like little penises. But they're so good. They're really good. I and they're mushy. Them. So like you put it in the drink and it starts to dissolve. <laughs> Even better. If you freeze it, you can use those as an ice cube. Ice cube. Imagine <laughs> Part of me really wants to do this your, right now. And your hot dog water, whatever. This might be my made. April Fool's cocktail. A little wiener in a frozen ice cube. Mm. A little frozen cocktail wiener. <laughs> oh my God. Vienna de la Martini. <laughs> It's salty. <laughs> oh, gosh, you got a stick. Need to salt the rim. You've got a stick, and it's got a Vienna sausage and two olives. If the rim isn't salted with salt and ketchup, I mean, what are you doing? Oh, we're oh, like the Vienna sausage. You know, you're sauce. not making a good case for your class. I'm really not. Her April My classes are trash, basically. Um, <laughs> so the nice thing about it is we have a liquor license. We are an educational facility, oh, which awesome. is uh, pretty rare. Um, the only other uh, places that I know that have kind of what we do that we're I should say are similar to what we do are Vine Lore and the Wine Academy of Utah. Jimmy Santana. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, you do stuff Jimmy with on the Jimmy? Show. Yeah. Oh, love him. Yeah, he's great. He's just he's a national. Treasure. I want to send Chris to do that. I want to send Chris to do yours, and I want to send him to the the Park City Culinary School too. The disappointing thing about Jimmy is when he came, he brought us canned wine and that stuff. I'm sorry, I can't handle it the sulfur. A, the one that I had was okay. I can't handle the sulfides in it. No, it's gross. No. Well, he was trying to he was trying to point out that it's a it's a newer thing and that it's becoming yeah. But yeah, it wasn't. It's not for yeah. me. I'm a snob. Like I like when we go for. For barbecues, I, we were talking earlier. Like I, I, I prefer wine and things like that. And so we'll go over to his house, and there's wine there, but they all drink out of plastic cups. So I yeah. have a glass that I take because oh, I won't yeah. drink wine out of a plastic. Just take cup. your hydro flask wine glass. It costs thirty bucks, but hey, it's worth every it's penny. Worth it. It'll last forever. It it's will. like copper. It'll last forever. It really will. Uh, but I mean, I, I actually, I actually built um, and created the uh, cocktail classes that are taught um, at. Uh, Park City Culinary and Slice. Oh, nice. Um, I, I actually have a class coming up at Slice. Uh, it's basically mixology mastery, uh, talking about, again, the basics of bartending, uh, just really trying to educate the at-home bartender and the person who's so, wanting to get into it. Are these like one-time classes or is it more like a course? Uh, it's a course. So it's over a week. Um, and then we give people the option if they want to uh, certify for sips and tips at the end of it, they can. Nice. Um, that's at Slice uh, uh, April 4th through the 8th. Nice. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah, so it's, cool. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the nice thing about it is, again, we have our liquor license. So our space is an educational facility. So we can use actual liquor uh, that doesn't have flavor, flavored stickers but on that, it. Which means you can actually taste it and make sure yes. that it's right. No hot dog water for you. No hot dog like. water. <laughs> Only Barton's hot dog water. I will, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Barton's and Canadian club together. Seagram's. 
Seagrams. <laughs> seven and seven. That's what I want to drink. Give me a taka. Isn't that what oh. your mom drinks? No, she drinks Canadian Club. She oh. drink, she, they, She's got a little I don't know. They're then. called Canadian Cloudies or whatever she calls them, but it's Is there milk in there? Canadian Club, <laughs> water, and a splash of Pepsi or Coke. Oh, God. It, it is fucking gross. That sounds like a lot. Any bottle that you, any liquor that you buy in a giant plastic bottle it's is garbage. You might as well bathe in it because oh it's my not God. worth drinking. I'm not a Canadian Use whiskey Use it to clean. Fan. Clean. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Canadian whiskey. I think, that, though I will say there is a really cool uh, history behind it. We actually have a class coming up um, on February 26th, uh, which is our, uh, we have a whiskey cocktails class where we're focusing on Canadian and Dutch whiskeys. And so what we do is we do a deep dive on the whiskeys. Uh, we do a tasting and then we actually make a classic cocktail featuring both. And this class is not only just like a tasting, it's meant to be a entirely hands-on learning experience. So people are actually making the cocktails themselves. I walk them through the process because granted, yeah, I could show you and I could make the drinks. It'd be much easier and faster, but you're not going to get as much out of it. Yeah. You know what Canadian whiskeys are good for? What's that? Making fireball. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they make all that shit out of mostly is Canadian, Canadian stuff. I don't know. They also make a really neat purple bag. Yeah. I crown mean, oil. They're, hey, they're the best dice bags. The dice best bag. dice bags ever are Canadian. <laughs> the are, best Canadian stripper whiskey, tip yeah. bags are, Cana- are royal crown, crown, royal. crown royal bags. You know what the worst crown royal is, though? That fucking bourbon bacon yeah, shit. Yeah. The maple bacon. Josh got Did it you for ever you. have that? No, I will never have anything that has maple in it. It is a maple. I mean, that, I'm not adding myself. Maple bacon crown. No. It is disgusting. The only thing that I've ever had anyone say it would be good for is making candied bacon. Or putting it down the sink? Yeah, pouring it in the drain. But I can yeah. see that because like, you're actually putting it in bacon and you're candying the bacon, so you're... Maybe. I don't know. Like, I... So... It's gross. My... Uh, like we were making like a really big breakfast one day and we had all this extra bacon grease. It was like applewood smoked bacon. I had like half a bottle of Jack and I'm like, I don't really drink Jack. I'm going to do a bacon wash. And I let it sit in there for three weeks. I and thought, when I tell you this was amazing, huh. it completely changed. I thought we weren't, we were going to be friends, but you just said that you don't really like Jack. <laughs> I, I did a history piece on Jack Daniels for the podcast and it was it's a bad piece of history, huh? Granted, it wasn't great. And the thing is, Jack Daniels, the the distillery, completely promotes inaccurate history. I mean, the dude uh-huh. died from kicking a safe. He well, so I take that back. He didn't die from kicking the safe. Didn't His gangrene the... was yeah. was caused by kicking the safe, and he died from blood poisoning. <laughs> but the thing is, like, it's not even. He didn't necessarily even die from gangrene, but they don't tell you that. And the date that they give for his birth, uh, birthday is actually before, um, uh, actually after his mother died. Oh, so it's not even accurate. It's not accurate. And so it's just full of shit. It really is. And so That's it's, the legend. and we didn't, That's, we didn't talk about your podcast. Yeah. Can you plug it real quick as well? Absolutely. So, um, I have a podcast called the history of drinking and it is a podcast literally, as the title says, the history of drinking. Um, we talk about classic cocktails. We talk about really strange cocktails. We talk about, uh, the favorite drinks of serial killers. We talk about, uh, the history that caused, uh, certain changes in the revolution that we see as bartending today. I mean, like, why don't we see as many female bartenders as we used to? It was like, where did this essentially, uh, 
systematic sexism come from? Uh, understanding, like, you know, the erasure of America's black bartenders. Why is the mint julep credited to a mayor in Georgia that nobody ever heard of and not John Dabney, who was the original creator and born a slave? I mean, I, I had the washing of America. I mean, it's beautiful. Huh. I love it. Uh, that sounds super Clorox, please. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a podcast junkie. So. I, I love, I love talking about it. And honestly, for me, it is incredibly rewarding to have people be like, wait, what? <laughs> so, uh, I got one more question for you and then we'll let you go. Yeah. Um, we'll probably have to have you back on the show, honestly. <laughs> uh, so you live been, here now. So. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you live in Utah. You've planted serious roots here at this point. What is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Oh, man. Um, I love to watch people think about this question. <laughs> we need thinking music. I know. It's like, da, like Jeopardy. Da, da, yep. Um, I would say the most interesting thing that I've I've discovered about Utah is <laughs> say it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, the, I think it's the, the promotion of ignorance <laughs> from, this is going to sound so, so sad. I would say the promotion of ignorance because it's much cheaper than teaching people. That makes sense. That makes sense. I can see and that. And I think that's like just across the board. Like sex education. Oh my God. Drinking. There is no sex education in Utah. Do you put a Bible in between you, don't you? Yeah. I mean, your, your daughter pretty much told us that there's yeah. no sex education. No. I, that's another podcast for another time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, I mean, that's just one example. Yeah. But, but yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that the DABC struggles with the most is the fact that it's underage drinking and it's over serving. Those are the two main issues that, you know, the DABC deals with. And if you ever have a chance, I, I mean, if you want a reality show, join in on any of the commission meetings that they have monthly. When I tell you these are just gold. I mean, the was it the Sugar House Olive Garden had fourteen citations. How are they not fucking taking their liquor no license idea. away? So, do you know Tanner Leonard? Yeah. Then? Okay, we've had her on the show a couple uh, of times. We love, love her. She is. I mean, again, one of those people that I'm like, I just I could pick your brain for hours, and we would both end up saying like, what the fuck is happening in this state? <laughs> like, we have so much opportunity that is essentially getting thrown away because it's much cheaper to, to just. just be dumb about it. Right, just ignore it. It'll go away. And it's like, okay, a bartender receives a citation for, you know, basically over-serving or serving a minor or not checking an ID. All they have to do is go take a class from the DABC. And the thing is, the DABC abuses their employees as far as overworking them, not providing them the education. When I went to go apply for my educational permit, I had all my papers and literally they looked at me like, I don't know what to do with this because the one person who does this isn't here. One person <laughs> for the whole state, for the entire state. Like you've got to be kidding me. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's just it's it's so stupid and it's lazy. And we would be so much better off if we just spent the money. We would have better bars. We'd have safer people. We'd have we'd have smarter people. It's not that hard. Well, list off your websites for us real quick, Alexi, and then we'll wrap up here. Absolutely. Because so, you have like three of them, at I least. I do. I 
really do. Oh man, so many websites. Um, we have the hammeredcopper.com, which is our mobile bartending website. Uh, cocktail collect, not collective cocktail collect uh which is our education space uh, our cocktail and spirits education space and history of um which is our podcast website and honestly you can just find us on spotify well don't defund spotify um <laughs> um you can find us on apple you can find us on uh pretty like park all, like all the platforms all of them yeah i mean if you listen to podcasts you know where to find us yeah as long as you're not on some weird obscure platform I, we're not on CB radio yet. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> yet. I finally stopped saying all the platforms because I'm like, if they're hearing this podcast, they clearly know what fucking platform we're on. Exactly. So, uh, well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank it's you. been a, a pleasure. We'll have to have you back. Maybe we'll have to have your husband on too. And, uh, so cute. You know, if you like the show, uh, share it. That's what helps us the most. Uh, you can follow us out at, uh, at TNU podcast on all the social medias and the new Utah.com or, Hotdog-water.com yep. is another place that you can find us. Hotdog-water. And uh, I didn't want to spend the money on hot dog water. It's a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's it. Make a good cocktail um, and just don't go to bars. Save your money. <laughs> Learn how to make a good drink. Yeah, make them at home. Drink at home. You can get shit-faced at home and you don't have to call Uber. That's true. That's you can get point. shit-faced at home and when you start to get the spins, you just go to bed. Exactly. Your dog only judges you. <laughs>